In, in lightning. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshe Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Conversations with Royal Empress. Joining me today are my favorite sisters and Royal Empresses, Akila, Lakishe Madeira, and our mental health professional, Dr. Steffi Turner, and myself, Hakima. Today's topic is loving a narcissist. This is courtesy of our Ask the Royal Empress page. So ladies, how do you feel about this topic? how to love a narcissist. Now, this is a question that was asked by one of our uh, followers on our Facebook page, Ask the Royal Empress, and her request is that this be one of the topics that we discuss. So, I'm throwing it on the table. Wow. This is deep. I can't wait for this one. Hmm. First, we got to talk about what a narcissist is. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Turner, can you just break down what a narcissist is for us? Okay. Well, um, okay. Uh, narcissism is one of the um, is one of several personality disorders, and it's defined as a grandiose logic of self-importance, a fixation with fantasies of infinite success, control, brilliance, beauty. It's a credence that he or she is extraordinary and exceptional and can only be understood by or should connect with other extraordinary or important people or institutions. A desire for unwanted admiration, a sense of entitlement, interpersonally oppressive behavior, people that lack any form of empathy, resentment of others, or a conviction that others are resentful of him and her, a display of egotistical and conceited behaviors or attitudes. And narcissism comes from the Greek mythology, from Greek mythology, uh, where narcissist fell in love with his own reflection in a pool of water. I actually remember that uh, story in Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. He became so self-absorbed with his own image, you know, right. abandoned, and he uh, drowned. Mm. Wow! Well, that's, that's everybody I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait a minute. How did you just say that's everybody you know? <laughs> I'm exaggerating. You know, I'm <laughs> but you know how you I think that I'm sure our listeners too, but every when as you was reading that, I am sure I know I could think about four or five people I know that fit that. 
I'm sure you all can, and I'm sure our listeners could could actually say, hey, that's some people that I know. So it's very deep. What would you say, Dr. Turner, is the the amount of people that probably would I think it's very pervasive in society. That's why we have the uh, advent of plastic surgery uh, outlets. You know, people that we know that may not be wealthy, they are a, somehow managed to afford to get, um, you know, nose jobs or tummy tucks or breast augmentations. And then I noticed, uh, I read an article about over in Africa, a lot of the sisters over there are in pursuit of this perfect image and they are bleaching themselves. Yes. Right. They have a higher rate of death because of using uh, skin lighteners like Ambi. Yeah. Remove the melanin out of their skin. So it's causing a lot of health problems. So it's very pervasive in society, this pursuit for this perfect uh, image or, or, or look. But has, has, do you feel that it's always been that way in terms of the pervasiveness of it? Or do you think that this is something that has occurred within maybe the last 20 plus or so years? Have we always seen it as, you know, so th- such a high case or level? Yeah, I think, I think it's become more pervasive in the last 20 years because you have television, now you have uh, social media, and then, you know, society puts up such a high value on looks and beauty. You know, uh, they said people that are more attractive tend to get better jobs, get better breaks in society. So I think it's just being pushed, you know, it's a program, I feel. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean when you say that? I, I, I believe I know exactly what you mean. Before I listen to the audience, when you say it's a program, mm-hmm. break it down for us. Okay, because, you know, it's like we have an idea standard of beauty in this country, and it's defined by white people, and it's based on their image, you know. So the more you look, have this European, European image, you know, you're considered, you know, more attractive, more beautiful. What, what we're talking about right now has a lot to do with self-esteem. Yes. And I think it's, it's important to highlight for people that narcissists tend to have lower self-esteem so mm-hmm. just to understand why you know that we're talking about standards of beauty and things like that and, and someone could say well I, just because i want to look good doesn't make me a narcissist but narcissism does have an element of low self-esteem involved in it and if you could just kind of share that aspect of it so that people don't think that we're just saying because i want to you know, because I think I want to look good that I'm a narcissist. Right. Yeah. No, not the desire to look good is not doesn't make you narcissistic. And most uh, all narcissists at the core, they do have a sense of low self-esteem. And they say it, tend, it tends to start in early childhood. They said maybe a parent may have over over, uh, you know, over overly praised a child and gave them a lot of false sense of uh false praise and adulation and made them think they were special and that the rules didn't apply to, to them. So, and then when that child grows up, he may interact with other children and realize you're not that great. You know, it's somebody else just as, you know, maybe good at something better than you. And so then they start to like, you know, regress or not get along with other people because they, they always want to be seen as special. Mm. Interesting. And then we take those attitudes into our relationships. So is right. it, could, could we, could, so when we're talking about falling in love with a narcissist, just the example that you just gave makes me think about, okay, I got all of this praise as a child, probably more than I should have. 
And so now I expect this same behavior from my partner. And if mm -hmm. I'm not getting this, then I'm going to behave like a narcissist typically behaves. Mm -hmm. or, the same or the same type of praise from any kind of relationship. You know, right. friendships, workplace, you know, student teacher. And I'm sure all of us probably have seen that type of behavior where people actually um, expect and desire and actually need that in order for them to full, feel full and to be able to function. Right. Yeah. But I don't think they ever feel full, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, well, it's like. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, usually empty, feel empty all the time. A false sense, a false sense of fullness, you know. But, but I mean, but I think that that's the problem with having the relationship with the person like that is because no matter what you pour into them, it's never enough. Right. And they need more and more and more validation, and so you get exhausted as the partner because you're constantly trying to validate them, you know. And it may take on other forms, you know, with like money or you know, crossing boundaries with sex, stuff like that to try to help fill them up. It's whatever they want, you know, mm. you're trying to mm -hmm. the, uh, the, They have an issue with boundaries, it sounds yeah, like. Because, yeah, because they feel like, you know, their way is the right way. And, you know, and they feel like they are, they're special. And because they're special, you know, you should go along with it. Is it kind of like when people say, you know, a person doesn't believe they just doesn't stink? Right. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I was, a, that's a hell of a thing. <laughs> Go ahead, doctor. You know, I was actually, it's, it's funny that you, you talk about it. You, you mentioned something about control. Mm -hmm. And I was actually in a relationship with the, with the man who, you know, and you know, when you first meet someone, you and all of them, and they portray themselves to be just this great individual. And so, of course, I, I fell in love with that false image that this person mm -hmm. wanted to present of themselves. And not to say they didn't have some great qualities, I'm not saying that, but the grandioseness I was starting to see over time. Mm -hmm. And it was no matter what person I brought up in the relation, what, what person I brought up, and it could be just a casual conversation. Oh, you know, I ran to an old friend of mine and they do this, this, that. And then, but the, his comment was always, oh, they not doing this and they not doing that. I know somebody, I, I, I could do this, or I could do that. I know somebody could do something better. So it was constantly putting others down because if it couldn't, if the, if the, if the flashlight or the, the spotlight couldn't be on him. It, 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 it just wasn't measuring up. Mm -hmm. And when you got to what it says, when you talked about control, and it would be, had got to the point, it was like, you know, call me when you're on your way, which I thought was so cute. You know, I, I, I interpret that as, oh, he's worried about my safety. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point was, you know, because that's how he tried it. You know, I just want to make sure you get here. I just want to mm -hmm. make sure that you know, I, I know that you're on your way. I just want to make sure I'm ready when you're here. I want to make sure that I'm waiting for you and outside when you come. So, you know, I, I was so, oh, this is so nice. But mm -hmm. over time, it became, call me when you, this guy actually told, call me when you're 15 minutes away. I said, I just yeah. called you to let you know I'm on my way. Why do I need to call you in 15 minutes? If it's only going to take me 30 minutes to get to you, why well, I'm going to call you in 15 minutes? 
10 to 15 minutes, call me in five minutes to let me know. I saw oh, this. this you know what? <laughs> so, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Because I just thought, it, you know, in the beginning, it's like he, I guess the longer the relationship went on, he just, he wanted to increase that amount of control. But, yeah, of course, I'm power. a strong black woman. I wasn't having it. But can you shed some light on that? Because that was the craziest thing to me, just being in a relationship with someone who wanted so much control over the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like that. He seemed like a real control freak, you know, like almost sadistic, kind of, you know, just it's like a tug of war. Yes, it, it was. was. Yeah, to call that many times. And so, did you wind up doing it? Well, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, okay, but you know, it seemed cute, but like that, you know, when that, that, that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach say, this ain't yeah. right. Something ain't mm -hmm. right. So first I thought maybe he's trying to get rid of another chick before right. I get there. You know, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but then as I as as I'm I was thinking. around him and his mother and I saw the control that she was trying to have over him or had over him, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this dysfunction right here. I'm bouncing. And so yeah. when I saw that dysfunction, I had to bounce. And um yeah. but think about the people who may not who who may have a high tolerance level. I just don't have a high tolerance level for nonsense. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who may be more patient or have a high tolerance level, I really see that as as them being in the situation where they're controlled, manipulated, or exhausted because they're trying to make this relationship all about this person. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and another characteristic of a narcissistic uh, partner is they have unreasonable expectations of somebody. Like, they actually <laughs> that many times, that's unreasonable, but that's the <laughs> now you mentioned something very interesting, um, Hakima, Dr. Hakima, when you mentioned um, his mother, and you mentioned control. So are you saying that you saw control in the relationship with him and his mom, meaning she had a sense of control over him? Would he speak more to that? Because I'm just trying to understand and see the connection. Yeah, she seemed to. I mean, I know it's when you have a parent, you know, when you're doing, you know, adult and you have a parent, they still treat you like you're a child. I, and I understand that it just seemed more over the top. Like the whole, if we were there for two hours, she was constantly trying to dictate or control what he did as far as his life. And every minute it was, no, why don't you do this? And it was just, I could see the little high level of stress in his face, like, mm -hmm. I got to go. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, you know, and it was something my grandfather told me when I was younger. He said, if you want to know how a man going to treat you, watch how he treat his mother or watch that relationship. And so that's just my grandfather's words just rung mm -hmm. in my ear, like, oh, my God, something ain't right here. But, mm -hmm. yeah, like I say, it was, uh, it was her level of control over him. So I guess... Mm -hmm. Somehow in his relationships, I guess he felt he needed to have the ability to control them because maybe because she was so controlled over yeah. him. I don't know. I read an article that said that there's no kind of relationship that a person can have with a narcissist other than a confusing, gut-wrenching, and addictive one. Wow. Um, and that the characteristics of the narcissist induce an abuse-prone relationship dynamic. And that's when people are talking about loving um, a narcissist or being in a relationship with a narcissist. I think that a lot of times we hear about domestic violence and even though we label it domestic violence, 
you know, one would sometimes, I mean, that's kind of what I think about when I think about abuse, even though we know that abuse can be verbal or it can be physical. But, you know, if you find yourself in, a, in an abusive type situation, I think it is something to consider that that person may have narcissistic behaviors and that maybe you need to start looking to see like that little checklist um, that people have as far as what a narcissist is. But the thing is, is that, you know, somebody listening to us could also listen and say, hey, okay, this person displays this. And I think anybody can, can have a narcissistic trait and not be a narcissist. Um, but, you know, at any given time, because we all, everybody has ego. And so whenever the ego is bruised or anything like that, sometimes that a certain behavior will, will come through, but they're not a diagnosed, certifiable, uh, <laughs> somebody that Dr. Steffi would, uh, <laughs> would come into contact with. Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But so you saying that uh we should have a card in our in our purse when we come across somebody like that, huh? You better, say, you call Dr. Turner. Right. <laughs> start checking out this checklist. Like, okay, <laughs> this person is displaying all of these. But I think though, seriously, that we need to really consider abusive relationships, that there could be something underlying there dealing with narcissism because what forces another person? Why is it an abusive type? relationship and usually it is because if you can never satisfy somebody what happens right they're unhappy and then they act out and they become sometimes they become abusive try to exploit you and um in manipulation i think a lot of people tend to get manipulated uh and i think narcissistic people tend to be manipulative extremely yeah. manipulative mm -hmm. i think that fall under control right there yeah mm -hmm. And that's another uh, trait of theirs. They say they take advantage of others to achieve his or her own needs. It's very exploitative of others. And they lack empathy. And, you know, that's, that's a very, that's very destructive relationships where you mm -hmm. have someone who, you're in a relationship with someone and they lack empathy. So that mm -hmm. means whatever pain or emo whether emotional or physical pain that they're inflicting on you, they mm -hmm. can't. Yeah. remove you from that circumstance and put themselves to say, okay, I know where you're coming from or I know how you feel. So you can't really communicate your feelings or your pain to them because they don't have the ability to feel empathy. So it's like a waste of your time. The communication barrier has got to be broken because mm -hmm. as much as you say, this is hurting me or I can't understand why a relationship is like this, they looking at you like, like you, like you crazy. Because for some folks, they can't connect with you emotionally. They can't seem to be on the same level as far as the communication standpoint. And then it also says they're just downright unwilling to do it. Not that they can't, they're just unwilling to do it. What, what do you think? They, I, I, I'm curious to know what the unwillingness is. Why because they feel like they don't have to because they feel like their way is right and they feel like they're entitled to it. And so they don't, they don't have a need, they don't have a desire to, 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 you know, to bargain with you or to meet you halfway or to, un, to recognize how they may have hurt your feelings. That's amazing to me how we, you know, how you lack empathy for other people or yeah. how you can see someone going through pain 
and you can actually turn away from that. I mean, even though we know that there are people who, who, who are manipulative in that way too, mm-hmm. but you know, to use their pain to try to manipulate another person. But, yeah. you know, but I just see yeah. certain behaviors, like even some of the things that I've seen, like even on social media, where, mm-hmm. where you know how we, everybody shares memes mm-hmm. uh, and things. And then you realize that they are basically subliminally trying to send messages to, to somebody mm-hmm. else, particularly when you know the relate, you, you know, if you know the people mm-hmm. in the relationship and you kind of know, and it's like, you know, to me, that's a, that's another form of manipulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Affecting your self-esteem because those, those memes can be very suggestive. They can say a lot of things, a lot of mean things. I'm a little nervous because I'm the meme queen. I love sharing all these different I do too, but it's, it's a form of communication. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you're not, but you're not directing the meme, uh, <laughs> Hakima, at, mm-hmm. at somebody you're in a relationship with. Oh, this is true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> I mean, we can all relate to a meme, but I'm talking about sometimes people will, you know, some of the behavior too can be seen as passive aggressive behavior. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a passive aggressive person doesn't do direct confrontation. They do confrontation in another way. Subtle. Right. Yeah. So, so it can be a subtle, passive aggressive move, but you know, so it, it seems like some of all of these behaviors and Dr. Stephanie, Steffi, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but some of these, some of these behaviors actually intertwine. So a narcissistic person can also be a passive aggressive person. Yeah. And that's a, that's another core feature. They are typically passive aggressive, you know, because they're going to get you one way or another, especially if you don't do what they want you to do. <laughs> and they're very uh what they say they're very charming so you don't necessarily know that you're being manipulated or or they are out to get you because they need to charm you so the way they are they become aggressive towards you is in a passive manner you know a sly comment or slick put down and they they're bullies oftentimes you know a lot of them fall in the category of being a bully and you know in their own way it's really interesting because even when you look at other disorders some of them may very well cross over um but i find that with those who fall into the category of uh, narcissism and narcissistic behavior you know just in terms of being um living in this fantasy uh, world that they have a tendency to live in live in and you know it's like being in a place and the only place or the only person that's there is you because you're the you're the only person you know who's out of out touch or out of touch with reality in most cases but you don't see yourself so it makes it very uh difficult therefore for that type of um person to be able to relate to what is considered to be the norm. Think about, well, as we talk about the uh, narcissist and their inability to feel or inability to communicate or have uh, productive relationships, makes me wonder what the environment uh, that these particular people grew up in as children. Because what type of nurturing, I mean, if you can't feel, it has to make me question what type of nurturing environment did you come out of? 
that's, this is a question. I don't know if there's necessarily an answer. It's just the fact that we know a, a lot of people's issues come from the environment in which they grew up in. It just makes me wonder if, if, if that plays a role in the narcissist um, behavior. Is it a lack of nurturing or a lack of communication or a lack of love? I mean, are you saying to make somebody become a narcissist? Or? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm kind of curious to what type of uh, environment a narcissist would grow up in. Or maybe it has nothing to do with the environment that they grew up in. I mean, that's well, just interesting. Part of it is that, like I was saying before, that the parents, they, they uh, over-admire them. You know, they just adore them. Uh, and give them a lot of false praise. So they grew up in an environment very stimulating. You know, you're the it child, you're special, you know. And so, and the, the trouble comes when they grow up and meet other people and they don't get that same validation that they did as a child. You know, you're so oh, perfect, okay. you know. You're beautiful, you know, you got curly hair, you're light skinned, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh, I like this. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense because it helps me understand that it's that addiction to attention. Yeah, it's, and, it's an, and it's an excessive need for admiration and attention. And that's how they wind up attracting their mate because their mate usually would be codependent, somebody that don't feel, you know, uh, you know, they're not arrogant or anything like that. They might not think they look that good. So, you know, they like giving and nurturing. So they, they'll go good with the narcissist because they don't mind giving and the narcissist don't mind taking. Mm. And taken, mm -hmm. taken, and taken. Yep. And then the other thing is children of narcissists. Say, for example, your parents was a narcissist, and you are a child being raised by a narcissistic person. And it can have a. Uh, if you don't turn into a narcissist, you know the other effect will be that you kind of walk around kind of damaged. Say, for example, you you couldn't make simple decisions about where to go eat because you never got that chance because your narcissistic parents decided everything for you and for them. Even on your birthday, they tell you where you're going to eat. <laughs> wow. So it, so it damaged you. you. know, the children, once they grow up, they become damaged because of how their parents were. Like if they made straight A's, the parents take all the credit. You know, they have my genes or we did this. So they just, they suck the life out of people. So would you say that uh, narcissists can very well be like a vampire, <laughs> mm -hmm. right. sucking the dang on life out of folk? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because that is a lot of energy when you think about it. That's a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Out of all of the personality disorders, the one that's most likely to kill is the narcissist. Because if you ever hurt them or betray them, they're going to spend the rest of their life getting trying to get even with you. Mm -hmm. So uh, even, you know, according to like the social path, you expect them to kill at a higher rate. They might, but not as quick as the narcissist because they don't get over being betrayed or rejected. Lord, yeah. and we got a, a, a social media page full of narcissists. Good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, that's what they, you know, the people who... Mm -hmm. You know, they got, they have to, they feed off of that. And I think that, that it's like a narcissist's uh, dream world to be on social media because it's like, look, look at me. That's, that's why we have, that's why we have 45 texting the way he does because that's attention, you know, all that tweeting. Yeah. He can't help himself. That feeds mm -hmm. that, uh, that narcissism.
I'm great. I have the best presidency since, you know. <laughs> I'm fabulous, you know, I'm great. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what his wife, but you know what? When we talk about loving, when we talk about loving a narcissist, don't, mm -hmm. don't Melania look like she's just tormented? Oh my God. <laughs> I feel so sorry for her. I guess you after know, a while, she probably has become immune to it. Yeah. And she's used to the behavior or whatever else is experienced. You mentioned you feeling sorry for her. I don't, but I get why you do. I would just say because we love. Technically, I don't. Service <laughs> yeah, service announcement. He was trying to be nice. I'm trying to be political. I'm in DC. Wow. Yeah, as a you know, woman, I kind of do feel bad for her, but you know, on the other hand, she knows what she signed up for. I think that's that's all I was saying. But you're right. You know, we we are uh, human, right? Yeah. And, and 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 again, like she said, it's charm. Even the even the brightest and brightest of us as women or or even men, because let's not act like women aren't narcissists too. Mm -hmm. And you know, a man can end up with a narcissistic woman. People who are narcissistic are very charming, as we've said. So it's easy, I think, to get involved with a person who's like that because they're charming. And mm -hmm. and because of who they are, they will chase because they want to conquer and they mm -hmm. want to get the object of their desire. Now, once they get you, what they do with you is a whole other story, but they will definitely woo you and make you think that they are the best things in sliced bread. And I think any of us could potentially fall for that, but mm -hmm. they still show us signs and it's that sometimes i think the other signs are overshadowed by the charm and that's how we end up i think getting in relationships with narcissistic people pretty sure i've probably had a couple narcissists in my life yeah i, I definitely know that i have but like you said the charm will get you a seat and 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 like you mentioned you know there are signs but i think once you get past that then you kind of figure it out even if you don't know exactly what it is that you're dealing with, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that you need to be running in the other direction. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, like, you know, Dr. Hakima, you mentioned it in hate, you know, that you said that earlier. You're like, okay, <laughs> know what's yeah. going on here, but I need to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me go. You didn't understand it maybe at that time, but you realized it didn't take long. It probably took maybe some months or whatever, because sometimes it has to settle in. And sometimes even though we might see signs, some of us just kind of need it to be repeated over and over again, <laughs> you know, for us to finally just get it. Then we like, okay, I'm running. It's like that Freddy Cougar movie or, you know, one of those other scary movies, you know, the black folks usually going to try to get the heck up out of there. That's why I think it's important for us to kind of, well, I think it's important for people to, when you're searching for someone or interested in getting a relationship is trying to scratch beneath the surface. People, as, you, as, you, as, as we just stated, people who are narcissistic will present themselves as being, you know, really successful. You know, they are, they are charming. They like all the attention. They can be somewhat controlling. And knowing that people need to be a little more critical on those 
outstanding people that they made that seem to that they meet that seem to be so perfect. You know what I mean? Oh, they this, they that. Oh, they got it going on, but do they really have it going on? And what is it about them that you feel that they got it going on? Sometimes we let people sell us this image and we fall in love with that image and that's not really the real person. Mm, right. And and I guess pretty much, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. That person um presents their other half. <laughs> and that's the one that we fall in love with. And then over time, then you know, the leaves begin to fall from the tree. And you see exactly, you know, it just bare and bone and you see it for what it is. It reminds me, um, I know someone who was married to a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because eventually their relationship did come to an end. But as it was falling and crumbling, you know, just some of the things that came out for one, this person actually had the whole world, not the whole world, but had quite a few people believing that they were a um, professional ball player. Mm. And they believed it in their own mind. I really do believe that they believed that, but they were not. There was no record of this person playing professional ball mm. or anything alike, but they had like many people when they spoke of this person they spoke of him as if he was this professional ball player and they even had the team and everything oh yeah they used to play for such and such a so-and-so that's what they told that people for years and so here you have a person and they grow up and this is what they actually tell their spouse this is what they raise their children to believe and even coach their children in that same um ball profession you know, but this is who they believe that they were. When they dressed, they um, were very colorful um, in that they made sure that they were seen, which that's not hard. It wasn't hard for them to be seen because of, you know, the way that they looked and the way they were built. So that was not difficult, but they, they were extra. They were probably those people out there that you see on Easter Sunday, men in pink and yellow suits, you know, looking like a clown. No, no disrespect to those men who wear pink and yellow suits who look like clowns. <laughs> they look like clowns. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I am about, about to be full. I'm telling you, boy. But he had all of the characteristics, you know. He sounded like he had another kind of personality disorder, though, to me. I don't know. What say you, Dr. Steffi? You, you sitting up imagining you've invented a whole other life? You sure he didn't have a, uh, <laughs> what's that, th what is it called? It was like, the, he became delusional and started believing it, you know. Well, see, that's the thing, even with narcissism, you know, the, it, it's like it, it, they live, you know, within a fantasy world, mm -hmm. you know, within the confines of their own mind. Right. And that's the thing. He was living in this world that he desired. You know, maybe mm -hmm. he, that was his person you know maybe that was the, the the person that he created as a child but he actually believed that that was who he was mm. you know yes yeah, it was definitely delusion mm -hmm. and was actually lying about it mm -hmm. but see that's the yeah exactly lying about it but he believed it <laughs> so that's the thing and his mind it probably wasn't a lie and yeah that probably was mixed with a little something now that's like a that's like a hard drink you know bartenders 
mixologists, <laughs> when they <laughs> stuff up, you can't combine certain things, you know, it's just like drugs. Certain things just don't mix well. And so in this case, you know, he had a lot of lot going on. I know it has to be hard to to be in a relationship. I can I can say that um, just in terms of when I've had to do uh, child custody mediations, and a lot of our training had a lot to do with obviously dealing with what what they would consider barriers to mediation, and so because of certain personality disorders that somebody had it meant that you couldn't really do a mediation with these people. And, wow. and so a narcissist is somebody that it's almost impossible to mediate with because they're narcissists and they're unreasonable and they really can't see past, you know, whatever is they bought into in their own mind. And so you have to be able to spot that personality when you're doing a mediation, because then you understand that it creates a barrier and then, you know, or how you can work around the fact that that person is narcissistic. So I always think that if, it's, if, if you can't even mediate <laughs> with the narcissistic person, how in the hell is somebody wow. supposed to negotiate mm-hmm. in a relationship with the narcissist? <laughs> wow. It's all one way. It's a one way relationship is what it sounds like. What 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 would we suggest for people who, who have ended up in the situation? Is there is there help for people who get are out? Uh-huh. Is it get, said, out? get out. <laughs> he said get out. <laughs> we saw the movie, right? Run <laughs> run as fast as you can. But is there but is there is there actual is there any kind of help? for somebody who is a narcissist. Like, I mean, other people get counseling. I mean, they have counseling. They have other things to treat other mental disorders. Is, yeah. is it treatable? Is there help for somebody like that? Not, not really. This is the hardest one to treat because they don't think they have a problem and they rarely come to treatment. So, mm-hmm. you know, they don't go to treatment like people that are, that are depressed or, or anxious because they, they feel like their life is good, they look good, they feel good, they're entitled. So you rarely see them in treatment. The only time they show up is they do something wrong at work and they're man, mandated to treatment. Or maybe a, a husband or wife is going to leave them if they don't, they don't go get help. But, it, you know, they are hard to treat. And so they usually don't do well. They drop out of treatment. And then they marry somebody else. And the saga continues. Go get another process all over again. Right, the saga continues. (laughs) They marry frequently. They may have two, three, and four different marriages or different jobs, different careers. They just because they don't have to stick with nothing because they're privileged. They go from one thing to the next. And then people like them because people like being charmed. So they're never without an audience. I just think two people are also also enjoy being around someone who I call them peacocks because I can't mm-hmm. stand them. Right. The mm-hmm. person that got to be look at me, look yeah. at me. They don't. They in the room and it's it's like fifty people in the room and they feel everyone must be looking at them. Yeah. It just seems like people think that that's a popular person. It's not that they're popular. It's just that they're a peacock and they want they're all the attention on them. Mm-hmm. And then over time, they learn how to get that attention. You know, they can work a room, you know, because they've been doing this since they, was a, since they were a child. 
And then if you're on there, if you're their partner, you may start enjoying it because you're getting the attention too. You know, you're with the most popular person. Wow. It's a <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's, am- it's amazing they can't get help because they don't think that they need help That's- and if they went to go get it they probably could go get it but they don't see that they have a problem so basically they have to be backed into a corner is what you mean yeah. mm-hmm. or mandated you know, they have to be threatened with the loss of something you know but right. yeah the loss of something you know it's interesting because I, w- I wonder I don't know the stats on this but it would be interesting to know um statistically speaking what it looks like for those individuals as it relates to infidelity because if in fact they feel that you know they are privileged they are god's gift (laughs) to the world then i would assume that uh, um, it would probably be a higher rate amongst um those individuals who suffer with that Really just the same way what you said with marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might consider their conduct as infidelity. It's like I'm this special person. I'm entitled to have uh, mm-hmm. second mate or a third mate or three wives or however that goes. You know what I mean? So they're mm-hmm. entitled. So they don't look at it as infidelity. Mm-hmm. It, or, or or maybe the person that they're with is not giving them the attention that they mm-hmm. feel that they need. So they have to always get more and more attention. If you if you if they don't get enough at home, they're gonna go out looking for it. Sister Lockershire, I just put up this article that talked about narcissism and infidelity, and they said of all the people that they found cheating, it, that it was a, a higher rate of narcissists that were, you know, that didn't mind cheating, stepping out on their spouses. Mm, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> wow. Because one thing, they get bored real easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would guess so, huh? Because if you think, when you think about somebody who constantly needs praise and needs to be uplifted and needs to have the light shined on them, Mm -hmm. I guess if it's not coming fast enough or enough, then it will bore you. Right. And then interesting, Mm -hmm. you and they said they they go through what's called a devaluation phase. And then that's when the narcissist will usually become emotionally absent and distant almost overnight. The narcissist no longer tells you how much he or she needs you, loves you, or enjoys enjoys being around you, but instead become increasingly critical towards you. You ain't giving them what they want, so they're not giving you what you want. And then now they're telling you they're not happy. You you know, they, you know, they're unhappy. Maybe we should try something different. Hmm. It's just an instant switch. They become emotionally absent. You know what? You know what that makes me think of when you talk about the narcissist is that when the Quran, it talks about how Allah will give you the disbeliever, your own blood to drink as sweet wine. Mm. Wow. The person that's intoxicated off their own blood. Mm-hmm. That's a narcissist. It's like you high off your own self, basically. Yeah. Okay. And that's people it. that's in your life is not because you love them. It's what they can do for you. Mm-hmm. You're just using them. So... It also depicts the myth of these people who think I took somebody else's man or woman, or if they if they handle business at home, I wouldn't have been able to take their man or woman. You know how people talk. It has nothing to do with you. It's just the fact that they're bored, they've conquered someone, and now they're looking for someone else to conquer. They're looking for a new victim. 
That's just what it sounds like. That sounds absolutely right to me. Because my attitude is you can't, you can't take something that actually belongs to somebody else anyway. Mm-hmm. So a, a narcissist probably really doesn't belong. They don't belong to anybody but themselves. So you can't take a narcissist. He wasn't, he wasn't, he or she wasn't that other person's to begin with. Because <laughs> sometimes we think stuff is all about us. And, or we think when we're in a, when we get in a relationship with someone and they may have just got out of a relationship, that person makes us feel like, oh, we're special. Or I'm leaving them because of you. And reality has nothing to do with us. It ain't that we're special. It's just they're manipulating us into thinking yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's something that a lot of men and women need to hear because I hear that so much. I'm constantly in debate with men and women who feel like if this person took care of their business, is just how they say it, if they mm-hmm. handled their business at home, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to be with their man or woman. I hear this all the time. I right. get the disagreements with it. So this is now I got now I got a good comeback. Now I got a good comeback for them. But uh, mm-hmm. so often people think that that's why I think it's very good to really give people when people are coming out of relationships or claim that they're leaving a relationship because it's not going well you need to step away from that person let them figure it out because you could be put in a situation of being manipulated they they may not leave that person or if they're leaving it has nothing to do with you they're just bored i just think sometimes we don't we get too caught up in the emotion and not really understanding how we're being manipulated this is good stuff right here good Mm -hmm. stuff (sighs) So I hope our listening audience is really, really taking notes right now because I'm taking notes. I, I'm taking notes. I can hardly talk because I'm taking notes. So Dr. Steffi, um, maybe if you can share with our listeners some things to kind of be on the lookout for um, okay. as people prepare for relationships. You know, because one thing I noticed, well, I don't even know if I want to go there, but. Uh, <laughs> no, go there. Go Tell there. it like it is, Lockby. <laughs> Well, uh, let's see how I can put this so it can be nicer. Um, You know, we're in an age right now where... And Lockie Shea Nadira, she's the one Mm -hmm. who tells it like it is. So So let me go. (laughs) (laughs) So so in telling it like it is, uh, no, I I have noticed that we're, we're living in a day and age where desperation... For women to be in relationships, it seems like at an all-time high. Yeah. I, I've just noticed just from just reading articles, watching things on social media, it seems like people will do whatever they can do to find themselves in a relationship. And my concern is that when you're desperate or when you are that thirsty, it'll be easier for you, someone like a narcissist to roll up in your path and you greet them with open arms because you're so wanting a relationship, you may very well miss the signs. So for my sisters out there and brothers too, because hey, and, and again, of course, this is not all sisters and it's definitely not all brothers, but I, I, I do understand, you know, everyone wants to be in some kind of relationship, but in that, buyer beware. So as sisters and brothers, um, you know, prepare themselves for relationships, Dr. Steffi, what can you say, what can you share 
with them in terms of signs that they should look out for? Some of the things you've already said, but maybe just a recap um, so that they won't, you know, mm -hmm. find themselves in trouble. Okay, if you see someone that uh, is exhibiting an inordinate need for to be uh, perfect, a lot of perfectionism, a great need for control, somebody that lacks responsibility for their actions, they're constantly blaming or deflecting away from themselves, people with poor boundaries, somebody that lacks empathy, and then somebody that feels superior and entitled. So those are some warning signs of a, of a potential narcissist. Those are all great things to, you know, pay attention to, I think. Um, it, sometimes these things, again, they'll easily go over our head. And we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we're dealing ourselves out of a hole, you know, because we didn't pay attention and we didn't fell in a dang gone ditch, hoping that somebody comes by and pulls us out. But it's too late because we're buried in this foolishness. Because it can be very dangerous. You know, you made, I mean, very dangerous. You made a key point early. And I, I just really if you can just repeat that just in case people weren't listening oh, oh out of all the personality <laughs> disorders the narcissist is the one that's more likely to kill exactly k-i-l-l y'all you know spiritually like, could be spiritually yeah. too right not just physically right yeah absolutely yeah. and so that's something that you know that we need to pay very much or close attention to we are you know in the month of october mm -hmm. domestic violence month yes which we know DV, you know, it can go both ways, male or female, are, can be um, abused and the abuser. So, you know, beware, um, sisters and brothers, you know, beware. You know, I wanted to just interject and say that sometimes to me, some signs that you have to watch out for too is those, rush, those rushed situations. Mm. Um, you know, I remember a relationship years ago that I was in and the guy was, and I was saying, slow down. You know, I like you. I'm not going anywhere. And he made a, the analogy he made to me. He says, you know, it seems like I'm on microwave and you on conventional oven. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Did he say that for real? He absolutely said it. That, that was oh, I gotta use that. I gotta use that one. Though. That, that, that was smooth. I gotta use that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dr. Stephanie already told you they're charming. Right. They're very charming. <laughs> However, <laughs> However. <laughs> yeah, you don't forget them easy either. I uh, know I forgot him, but the point is <laughs> that <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. But but for me, but the reason that that stuck in my mind, though, is because the point is, is that my, what I couldn't understand is why are you, why do you want to move so fast? And that's a, that's a red flag to me. Mm -hmm. Because see, you want to move fast because you want to, you want to, you want to lay it on thick, lay it on heavy real quick, and then try to get that quick fall in love. And so then you can, you can, you can stop pretending to not be the narcissist that you are. Mm -hmm. mm. And then two, he probably, he, you know, they feel empty all the time. So he needed to hurry up and experience you. He needs you to fill him up. Yes. And sometimes they'll tell you who they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though it sounded charming, it still, it didn't, you know, it didn't hit me. It like didn't resonate with you. No, you know. no. It made me kind of raise an eyebrow. Like, say what now? 
What's wrong with conventional oven? I like the oven. I don't use <laughs> it like the way it yeah. Oh, wow. That's, you know, I want my food up in the stove and on the stove. There is no microwave in my house. So you tell me you want microwave. That's, <laughs> that's a red flag for me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know why you need to cook so fast. Well, exactly. Because you're not codependent. So you, you and him weren't going to mix well. You stopped that right off the, off the bat. Like, wait a minute. Something ain't right. Yeah. No, I dated him for a little <laughs> while. But, but, you know, it wasn't right. <laughs> and yeah, um, wow. you know, and and there were things that you that you start to see. But see, here's the thing, and I can I can acknowledge this myself. You can see red flags, and sometimes you ignore them again because of the charm and because the person seems like they're so into you. And so then, and you then it feels to good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course, you start to question: Are you being too? Um, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but you know how we, how, how women are, we, we feel like we're being too, um, like our standards are too high or mental or we're, you know, and so my thing is if somebody gives you that uh old feeling, believe it. If something, if it seems too good to be true, maybe it probably is. Mm -hmm. That's why, again, it's good to just, it's good to self-checks evaluate yourself making sure that you're on point in your own thinking and that you're not desperate and that you're not so emotional and so in need a needy person i mean like you said because those things can make you feel good especially i mean i can remember because just even listening to this conversation in the beginning i'm like of course yeah i know people and i probably dated people you know who fall into that category but as Akila, something that you said, it kind of triggers something. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like Scooby-Doo, like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> hold on, wait a minute, this is bringing back memories here, and it, it brought me to a, uh, a, one person who I remember I dated for a period of time, oh, they had all these characteristics, you know, and interesting enough, when I realized that, okay, mm -mm, time for me to exit, you know, then I remember them leaving me a voice message. I had to keep the voice message on my phone until it finally had to erase itself because it was just so cold. They pretty much broke me down. You know, they diagnosed me. <laughs> to tell me what was wrong with me because I chose, you know, to get out, you know, out of the relationship. And I do remember... I, when one of the main signs for me, I remember we were out and there was this little um, boy and um, we'll call him Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kicked, you know, the person that I was dating, he kicked him. Now he kicked him on purpose. And I guess the little boy probably was about maybe six or seven years old. And so I was like, oh, my God, that little boy just kicked him. You know, this is a big, tall guy. So y'all want to know what he did? Uh -huh. This is a big, tall guy. He turned around, he took his big foot, and he kicked Forrest so hard. He probably almost knocked the wind out of that little boy. And I said, oh, my God, with my mouth open, like, oh, my God, what? what? He was like, look, that little sucker kicked me. He was sure, <laughs> I'm going to kick him. But it was the way that he did it, you know, I'm like, okay, this is not right because it was not, it, you know, it, it really wasn't. But when I realized there were many signs um, prior to that, that I had seen and witnessed, but of course, 
I was in the feel good moment, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I was trying to brush it over. I was trying to justify it so that I can remain. But I had, I had to exit out the door anyway, you know, once the relation, once I realized that, no, this is what it is and I can't deny it. And I think a lot of people can camouflage their behavior in a short period of time. I had an older male cousin that told me years ago, he didn't give me the 90 day rule because you know they had they got that 90 day rule for sex. He gave me the 90 day rule in terms of a relationship. He says that a person for at least 90 days, they can put on a facade. Yeah. Not until after that, that usually they can't maintain it as much and you'll start to see the signs. So nobody should be talking about I'm in love in, 30, in 90 days because that's a representative that's usually not who that person really is. Any person suffering <laughs> from some type of, you know, something, somebody that just, you know, has whatever kind of issues that they have probably has learned over time how to control it to a certain degree to get what they need. And if we are in a rush, you're not, you're going to miss it. So you can't just listen to words and even actions. You got to watch them sometimes too, because again, people will do whatever it is that they need to do to secure conquering you. Because I mean, we've discussed the, the characteristics of a narcissist. They're very charming. They're, they're attention seekers, very controlling appear to be successful, lack empathy. So I'm going to challenge our listeners. I'm going to challenge you, sisters and, sisters and brothers. Got to be more critical of the attention seekers, the peacocks, as I like mm -hmm. to call them. Yeah. The person that wants to be the center of attraction. Got to be a little more critical. Not saying that everyone, just listen, 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 listen. We're not saying that everyone who likes to be uh, the center of attention or, or sometimes in, a, in the midst of excitement, is the person that's allowed us in the room not saying that that's always a peacock not always saying it but be critical of the person in every setting have to be the center of attention mm -hmm. that's a bit that's different because somebody could be the center of attention their family may not be the person they're seeking in every environment so let's get that clear so because you like to be center of attention sometimes doesn't mean that you're a peacock but be critical because if you're critical of that person you will learn if they're always have to be the center of attention or if it's just that that was just a one and done type situation. Another thing would be is don't ignore the red flags. If you say, man, why every time with this person, this is what they got to do. If you feel that way, then you, that's a red flag and you need to be paying attention to that. Also do temperature checks. You got to check for empathy. I don't care if you got to pose a question. What would you do in this situation? How do you feel about this? You need to be doing the empathy check because if they don't have empathy, eh, that's probably a narcissist person. Um, also, accountability. Have a strong and deep discussion on accountability. And if they ain't for accountability, especially self-accountability, there's a strong possibility this person could be a narcissist. So those are my four challenges um, for the listeners when it comes to identifying a, a potential narcissist uh, as we close out, ladies, is there anything that you would like to just add? Anything, any last comment on narcissists? My only suggestion is to people who are in a relationship, married to narcissists, and they may have the question, okay, I'm in this, what now? How do I, you know, 
maybe leaving is not the option. And so I'm wondering if pushing that person the way Dr. Steffi talked about that they have to fear losing something in order to get help. You know, mm-hmm. you have to possibly give these people an ultimatum mm-hmm. to make them fear losing you to get to the point that you need to be, and that is to get them into counseling with you. Yeah. Because I think that, that 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 is something that I think that anybody that is dealing with someone like that needs to figure out how to get that person help. And, you know, so we can't, we got to kind of let them know, hey, I'm in this and I'm dealing with this. Now what? Mm. Oh, very, very, I'm glad you mentioned it. Very good point. Don't want to leave, mm. don't want to leave our listeners high and dry. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that's it. A, that's a touchy one because definitely they, you, I mean, if you're in a situation, you know, of course, you're not, we're not telling you to just step away and leave and do an about face, but of course, it's obvious that the person does need help, but like Dr. Steffi stated, you know, they're the ones who are least likely to get help, so it can be, you know, a, rather difficult, and even though the threat of, you know, a loss might make them um, to feel that, okay, I'll get help, but also you have to remember, these are per- people who are more likely to kill as well. So, you know, I would suggest that, you know, you do some consultation and you yourself seek out therapy first and work with someone as to ways that you might possibly um, be able to, you know, work within the bounds of your relationship and try to figure out what your next steps are because you want to make sure that you're safe at all times. Thank you, Dr. Shea. Dr. Turner? Well, one thing I wanted to say about um, the narcissist, and I want to say something about narcissism and social media, because one of the, the core features of narcissism is that they like to put forth a false sense of self, you know, and they build themselves up to be more than what they actually are. And so the research says that social media is the perfect place for that because you can pretend to be whoever you want to be. So it's, it's, it makes it harder to detect narcissism and you are more apt to be, uh, you know, deceived or played by one of them. Oh, that's deep. Let me so add, let me add. Oops, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Dr. Steffi, basically what you're saying is for those, because, you know, we do have a lot of people who do online dating. Mm-hmm. So this really is something that people really should be aware of because the people that's presented to you on these dating sites and, you know, whether it be whatever Mm -hmm. part of social media, really beware because Mm -hmm. more than likely they're wearing several layers of clothing. Exactly. And it's in all areas of people activity, like what Dr. Francis Chris Wilson spoke of, just like that's how our president got one of the ways he got elected because the image he put out, he charmed a lot of people and they they liked all all his his tweets and things like that, you know. Or, you know, through social media, he put forth this this image, you know, whether it be real or false, you know, he just kind of hypnotized certain segments of the population. Hmm. And we have this sociopath narcissist that's making, you know, that's running this country. I want to thank you all for joining us this week on Conversations with Royal Empress. I want to thank you, Akila. Lockie Shea and Dr. Turner for your wonderful input today on the, on the excellent topic of narcissism. I just want to thank 
the individual who requested this topic. Thank you for writing us at Ask the Royal Empress. And if any of you have a topic that you would like us to discuss that we haven't discussed already, please, on Facebook, go to Ask the Royal Empress page and send us a message. Or you can also do that on Conversations Royal Empress page and also on our Royal Empress page on Facebook. We're also on Instagram and also on Twitter. Thank you. And we look forward to you joining our podcast next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.